Right on. Later, guys. All right, Great show as always, always, man. Let's let's get this shit on the road, man. <laughs> My guy, man. Welcome, uh, welcome everybody to Chaos Theory. Yeah, the chaos is already upon us here. Myself and my partner Rodney Rodriguez. You can find him on Twitter at the Rodney R. You can also find him on the gram at the underscore Rodney R. Myself, I'm on Twitter at not the fake wags. Remember to tweet the show at well. I guess it would just be Texas Sports and Sports Filter, TSU and Filter, because we don't have a chaos theory yet. We're working on that. Working on ha- that. All right, I guess that, that I'll, I'll ask that question later, man. But how are you doing, dude? It's Thursday I'm, night football. You ready? I'm good, dude. I, I'm good, man. I, I'm ready to go. I actually had to get out of the had to get out of the house, get out of here. Yes, had to drive to San Antonio yesterday, so it's like I actually went out and saw the world, you know. So it was like, damn, yeah, you know. And, and I'm cruising down the road. I'm driving down five. Yeah, dude. I, I'm uh, driving down 35 and, and I can't see shit. And I'm like, my eyes are all cloudy. And I'm like, man, what's going on with me? Am I sick or what? I realized, dude, I hadn't changed my contacts out in like four months. And I'm like, that's the beauty of being at home all the time. You know, it's like, you, you got to do that, dude. So that maybe that's what's going on right now. I got a little bit of cloudiness, dude. And I think it's because it's, the contacts are kind of gone past its bi-weekly yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and then this morning, so so I get home last night and, and I'm kind of working on stuff for the show and, and doing different things. And so I throw the old contacts away. I'm like, OK, I'm getting rid of this shit because I realized that it had been that long. I'm getting ready to come in here, dude. Ten minutes ago, I had bought, you, you know, your six month supply or six months supply that I turn into a year and a half supply. I can't find them. Dude, I was like, what did I do with these things? Well, I finally found them. But yeah, change those things out, dude, because well, I, I almost had to do the glasses like you have been doing the last couple of days. So but I, got, mine, I uh, got tired of it, man. I was just like, you know what, man? I got My, my headache's gone. I took two Excedrin this morning. I'm not a doctor, but tra- I called Trey up and he's just like, yeah, you got to go with the Excedrin one more time, man. I'm yeah. like, all right, well, sometimes you get like the, uh, the dullness or you get immune to the... Uh, to the medicine you're taking. That's I didn't call Trey, by the way. Like, but yeah. Trey is a doctor. Well, <laughs> anyway, yes, man, he is. I think he called. Him, he called the Aaron Rodgers thing before. He did. He, he, he before anybody did. Before anybody did. And I was just like, man, don't don't say this. Please don't say this. But anyways, um, so my, my headache's gone anyways, and I wanted to, you know, wear contacts and not have the glasses on because, be honest with you, man, I hate the reflection. I can see the reflection. Yeah, of my computer in the in the feedback, and I'm like, that, man, that, that was why I didn't want to wear my glasses. That's why I'm like, I gotta find these things because I, I hate that. I mean, it's bad enough even with the screen back here. I mean, if I could kill the fan and do all the different things, you know, I'll work on that. I'll continue to work on that. And but, it's mortalizing because I look like my grandfather. You know, not a bad thing. When I wear my glasses, it's a bad thing because I remember my <laughs> grandfather. You know, in his latter in his latter years. Yeah. So. Well, it, it was funny. I got my hair. You know, we're still, we're still rocking. Oh man, you know, whatever. When your hairline starts to, hey man, you, 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 you make it flow though. That's what I'm talking about. You make it flow, my man. I'm telling. You know, I mean, I didn't mean to cut on your. I didn't mean to cut on your hair. I was just talking about my hair. No. I wasn't talking about your hair. You know, it, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny when you're talking about your grand. All bad now, dude. <laughs> God damn it, Wags. I'm getting out of here. You just pissed me off. No, I'm just kidding. You know, it, um, it, it's so funny when you talk about looking like your grandfather. It, it was for, for many, my dad, my dad, who raised me, is a very, your sister. Sorry, is a very handsome man. I mean, a very handsome, you know, Hispanic man. And, and for years, for years, people would tell me, you know, I, I, I would, what's that? El Wabo? 
You damn right. Yeah, you're man, from right. the Three Amigos. El Chingon is what he is. But oh, it, it really? was like it was like I'd have a girlfriend or, or whatever it was, or a prospective wife, or you know, a future stalker, or whatever the case may be. And, and they would always tell me, "Man, when you get older, I hope that you age like your dad." And you know what? To this day, he fucking still looks better than I do. So I don't know. Whatever. Um. Uh. So apparently. Th- I'm not even going to say who it was, but we got a medicine man that is texting us on the bat line, on the private line, says that they got stuff that will take away the headache for sure. Um, oh, I'm sure. This is now, I'm not going to give it away, but this is, this is the Jack. This, I can't even say. I got it. I just got it. You just got it. This person is just in everything and he can. Or a shit, I just gave it away. I'm, I'm going to give it away. No, no, no. We're going to stop talking about it. The dude can make <laughs> stuff happen, is all I need to say. The dude can make stuff happen. Hey, you know what else can make stuff happen? Who the that? Rangers. The Rangers. Oh. Well. Are you not buying? Are you not believing? There's going to be one pivotal piece missing from the Rangers. Uh, pivotal, I guess. See, see what happens when the Astros... The guy with up? different eyes. The oh, guy oh, with man. different eyes. He's this... rested, buddy, on the hook for the rest of the regular season, Mr. Max oh. Scherzer. And that, I mean, think about that. I mean, the that or the Astros, the Rangers, that was their splash. That was their splash right there. I guess the good thing about that is no surgery required. Right. You know, talking right. about Aaron Rodgers and all that, you know, a muscle strain. So I saw some folks talking last night and it's like, muscle strain? What in the hell? You know, calling him. You don't I'm want like, it to tear. It's like he happens to throw the baseball real fucking fast. So if there's a muscle strain anywhere, anywhere, I don't care where it is, that's probably something that you need to. Um, let that thing take care of itself, because like you said, that's a whole thing. You wheel this dude out, and and it's it, it's a it's a double sided uh, double whatever we want double edged sword, double edged sword yeah. right there. Because if you wheel him out, number one, you may make this even worse, and number two, you're going to do something that's going to cost your team. And well, I think, I think that's what people are missing. I, I think it's both. You know what I mean? I think that the, you, you hit it exactly on the head. Um, too many innings. Uh, they needed him. And they got a lot of really good innings out of him, but you wore down the arm, and now you got arrested for, for the rest of the re, uh, the remainder of the regular season, and, and hope that you get your bid into the postseason, man. Now, the landscape is kind of shifting in the AL right now, man. The wild card race is starting to get a little bit wild again because uh, the the people that we thought the dominance that we thought were going to run run away with this thing are kind of letting it slip, amigo. Let's talk about that a little bit here. Um, go ahead. Still with the AL West, I mean, if you can win the West, you're probably going to get that 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 buy. And as much as I was talking about it, yeah, Tom you know, talked about this too, buddy. The, the Astros, that they shit the bed. I mean, you can't beat the A's. I mean, you finally did last night. Yeah, that's what is what, you saved one. You saved I, one out of that I was, series the other day when you had the shits. I was on your. Hey, hey, did you guys talk about that? <laughs> oh yeah, did you we, guys we, really bring that up. We did. We we totally brought that up. Are you serious? It, it, it was. Yeah. It was. It, it was our man BK. Hippa, Hippa. motherfucker. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> But man, I, I said you've got yes, you've my got legs were horizontal like Jeff Daniels <laughs> in, in uh Dumb and Dumber, man. I was blowing mud like a motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but when you when when you have the A's 
and the Royals a couple of times, and then obviously uh, uh, the Orioles are, are going to be hard, but or or a better. I said that would be a that that would be an AL you know CS championship possibly. Sorry, my dog is going crazy down there. Oh, you're good. It, it's like, dude, how, how do you not win those games? And you salvaged one from the A's. Come on, man. You, you handed them their hundredth loss last night. Wow, great. <laughs> I remember I laughed because it wasn't too long ago that Baltimore fans were saying the same thing. I took a bet on the under like three years ago. As a matter of fact, I bet the cousin, I told the cousin to put it in. I was just like, I bet the Orioles, I bet the Orioles uh, get under 45 wins. It was, I think it was 45 and a half. Might've been 46. I can't remember, but they did. They, they struggled to win 45. They came under 45. Sometimes, man, it's just it's good to know that you're a loser. That's what I kind of. It's good to know where your your uh, your letdowns and your weaknesses are, man. And right now, the A's, dude, with the hundred losses. I mean, in I, I think you the Royals are pretty close off to that too. Where are the Royals at? The yeah, Royals are already at one hundred and one, dude. The Royals they're, they're are right, at one hundred and one. That's quietly. Why yeah. do the Royals get a pass and the A's? The A's are like showcased as like the shit team, but the Royals are right there in the shit house with them. Well, and I need to I need to look at what's left for the Astros because if those games, uh, well, it's two series against the Royals, so I'm assuming one of them is going to be at the juice box. It's a home game. Well, hell, they're gonna. That's fluff. That's a fluffer at home. That's horrible at home. That's a fluffer, Rodney. I know, and it's like shit at this point. Hell, I hope they're the wild card team because they're going to have to go on the road, you know, as an Astros fan. Because, hell, you can't win at home. I mean, geez, Louise. I mean, home field advantage in Houston has always been two different people. One, the Astros, and number two, Osteen with oh, Joel Osteen with his big old palace over there. I mean, that's what? home field advantage for those two people. But Wait, the Astros are, are, He's over there? Don't have it. He's over there? That guy? Joel Osteen? The guy that does all the, the the Bible stuff? Yeah, dude, that's the old summit. His his church is the old time. summit. I ain't got time for it's that. It's the stuff, old summit. Man. That's spooky. I'd never go out there. That's man, that's yeah. crazy land out there. That's crazy land. All right, well, what else is crazy land is starting to be the American League East here, amigo, because the Tampa Bay Rays are starting to gain on the Baltimore Orioles. And we, we know that this is the dominant spot in the AL East here, man. If you win this spot, you got a uh, home field advantage pretty much all throughout the American League until you get into the World Series. Um, Tampa Bay is on it, and then, you know, you go right down in it, and then you chase the wild card here. We just talked about it, man. <sighs> here come the Mariners, and here come the Toronto Blue Jays. Tom McKay was all over this one, folks. Um I don't know if you guys pay attention to Tom's futures bets, uh, but for his NHL and his MLB, he's been pretty damn spot on with these things. Now, he's got Toronto taking this thing going for the ALS, I believe. I'll have to to configure or confirm his bets there. But um, from what he's been talking about, man, seeing the rise in Toronto, it's happening, man. It's starting to come to fruition. The American League's getting sexy again. I told you that the National League is basically down for me to a two-team horse, man, or a two-horse race, rather. Um, ultimately, I think the Bravos will prevail out of the National League and represent the National League for the uh, for the pennant there uh, going into the World Series. But, man, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly thought that the Orioles, 
had this thing kind of locked in, especially I'm, I'm still expecting Jackson Holiday to be called up because then we'll have, then see, we, I apologize for that. I'm very intimate with the, with the ball club. <laughs> the Orioles will have a lot of speed, a lot more speed once they call up Jackson Holiday for postseason baseball. Um, it, it's, it's bound to happen. Uh, my main concern though for the Texas Rangers now is if they can actually get in. They're sitting behind the ring. I mean, one, or excuse me, nine games, nine games behind the Rangers, or yeah. you know, seven, yeah. that's a full seven, full seven behind the Rangers, or excuse me, behind the Rays, rather. And they got the Mariners coming right up on them only a half a game back. So, and Toronto is right there with that, that hunt as well. So you got to hold firm. Can you, can you stop the bleeding and just kind of cruise into this thing without Mad Max's arm now out in the rotation? Like, how do you get those innings? How do you get the innings that he was eating up and providing you? It's going to be a lot of strain going on to the bullpen into the postseason, which that's a bad sign, and that's not a recipe for success. Well, and I think the whole thing is, when when we talk about the AL West, the one thing that we go back to is, I was talking about it Monday, is nobody can separate. And I yeah. think that, that's where it does kind of factor in well there for the Rangers. And, and the nice thing is that when you have Seattle and Texas that are going to be going at it in a head-to-head series right there, and it all comes down to what can the Astros do? Can they get away? Can they try to get away from the from the fray right there? But but I'm not convinced that they can. because And that's what's so weird about the Astros is, is, is they've been, uh, you know, struggling here with the A's at home. And then last night, Hunter Brown in the bullpen, they take a no-hitter into the ninth. And I'm like, what in the hell's going on here? It's um, it's ups and downs. It's uh, what's the old adage in baseball? The only momentum that you have is next the next day's pitcher or whatnot. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a turn for the Astros here, and they start getting onto the right stride. You said that they got some really favorable matchups coming up onto their schedule. The Orioles do not. They have head to heads coming up against the uh, the Rays here. So the battle of the studs will be happening here in the AL East this week. So. Get your popcorn ready, amigo. Get your popcorn. ready. And I think ready. the other part of that, Wags, is is with is with the Rangers. I mean, now now obviously with with Scherzer out, where, where they where they have had. I mean, their bullpen has just been horrible, and I think that's not something that you you don't want to have that problem with with this race that you have right here. This West, dude, it's a. In your opinion, is this the best? This twenty twenty three. I would say it's the best. It's the toughest. It's the toughest yeah. division to be in, in terms of just parity and consistency, right? It used to be the, I used to say it was the AL East, but now the AL East just have juggernauts, or juggernauts, not nuts, um, excuse me. Uh, but now just the parity between the differential, right, or is what I'm trying to, to actually articulate here. The differential between the three teams in the West here, it's just so close, man. It used to be that way between Toronto, um, New York, and Boston, and now you know, craziness is that the bottom's kind of, you know, switched up for the AL East. And now the two, I guess the race has maintained consistency in terms of winning. They, they've been up there pretty, uh, you know, pretty consistent. But the Orioles, man, the Orioles being able to, to flip this thing and, and get going there, uh, that's really one of the separation from um, one team that is separated from the pack, the AL East. Now, like we were just talking about, all the parity does lie in the West here. So I would say it's the toughest. I wouldn't say, or yeah, I wouldn't say it's the best. I'd say it's the toughest for sure. And 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 the whole thing is, I mean, I think what's even more fascinating and, and has been for me, you know, the last few months is with the West. I mean, when when we when we're doing our our initial, you know, preseason, you know, uh, what.
what's going to happen in baseball. You didn't think that the West, it's like Houston and everybody else. But now it's, it's I mean, it's one of the best divisions that you're going to find. And, and I think that's the other part that, that has been really cool to see because everybody's wanting to give it to Houston, Ben. But, man, the Rangers uh, and, and Seattle, I mean, the Seattle run has just been really cool to watch. And, I mean, I don't like that as an Astros fan, but, damn. I mean, when well, it comes to, the thing, I like when we're getting down here to the end, dude, and you got fascinating baseball. I just wish one, it wasn't one, one it's, it's Definitely fascinating. But here's the thing for the Rangers. Like, when do you get a break? It's, you're looking at the damn schedule here. And, you, you know, if you can if you can sweep this thing with Toronto and keep this momentum, and remember, we just talked about it, There's not really much momentum in baseball, man. But if you can sweep this thing against Toronto and go into Cleveland, you're looking pretty damn good because Boston's not the, you know, the powerhouse that they used to be. And then you have, yeah, I guess you, you get the rest of your arms right before you get to the aforementioned, aforementioned, uh, Seattle Mariner team that you were just talking about there. Because after Seattle, you get a, you know, you don't get much of a break. You'd like to think that the Halos are a break. You know what I mean? You get a three game series with the Halos and then you finish off the season with Seattle. So man, you got to be playing your best baseball, getting ready to go into the postseason. And, and can you do that is the big question without Max Scherzer. Yeah, that, that that's going to be the biggest problem right there. I mean that, I mean that that happening right there is something that you know everything that the reason that they went out and got him, you know the reason that they do that at the trade deadline is also Elvaldi uh, was hurt too. So yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I mean you do that. I mean that's for the playoff push. That that that's for that's for postseason baseball, and that that just totally backfired. That just totally backfired, and and it really does. I, I I will go back to it. What what does concern me about the Rangers, and it, it really is that that bullpen is shit, man. And you're gonna need that. You're gonna need that. And but but we just go back to what's so cool about this is nobody can nobody can get away from this. Wags, did you see last night? I, I mean, we uh, the NL. I mean, the NL is doing whatever they're doing. Atlanta Braves win. You know, they win the division again. Those boys are smoking cigars last night. That's when you smoke cigars, my friend. That's when you smoke. We cigars, back on right? this. We back on the cigar. You gonna get me mad again? You gonna get me upset? I was having a good day today too, damn it. I brought out my Oreo. I brought out Birdland. I brought out the bird. Man, yeah. Um, no, that's that is that's uh that is associated. The cigar is associated with celebratory victories when you lock something up like that, right? Yes, yes. But but that's okay. Uh, I mean, celebratory, that, that was a big thing that we celebrated uh, on Saturday night. But, yeah, it really is. And, and great. How about Jake checking in right there? Can you pull that one up, Wags, uh, from the, I think it's a YouTube feed with, with Minnesota. Um, man, that is 70. Yeah, right there. Meanwhile, Minnesota has a seven-game lead with a 76-70 and 70 record in the most pathetic division of all time. That, that's uh, It'd it be like that sometimes, man. The, you know, the rest of the AL East has been like that. If you can imagine two years ago, I would say that because Baltimore was, you know, in a, in a position where they couldn't contend for the East, yeah. but they could win in the West. They could win in the Central. They could win anywhere else, man. But they couldn't, they could not represent in the East because the East was just so palpable with so much domination yeah. or dominant baseball, man. Um, and now, dude, it, it sucks. It, it sucks to, if you're, I guess if you're looking at the middle of the road like Toronto there in the pennant mm-hmm. race, or if you're Seattle, right, and you're you're thinking, my God, dude, all we have to do is just be in a different division and we can take this. What does that, do you have any type of, 
I guess, opinion on whether the division champions or the division leaders should still represent or should it be the best teams that are in the actual division Dude, or the actual I think, conference? I think we could probably talk for days about that. I mean, because you look... You look at the NFL. I mean, remember, I mean, it, it was just, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that we were hell, well before last year that we would talk about the NFC least. And it's like, OK, seven and nine team gets into the playoffs and you get a you get a, 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 a ten and ten and six team at the time when it was. Yeah, I remember games. when Seattle, remember when the when the um, Seahawks. Yeah. With yeah. old Marshawn Lynch, they were yeah. seven and nine and beat uh, went on the road and or excuse me. Yeah, no, they hosted. They hosted the Saints. Yeah, you get the home playoff game. <laughs> you get the home playoff game for winning the division. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really do think that it needs to be for for one thing. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Well, I guess in baseball as well. But like, like in football, a lot the NFC East, Dallas. I mean, a lot of that shit doesn't make sense anyway. I, I'd like to see all that, all that, you know, reconfigured more geographically. But uh, I really do like the idea, Wags, in baseball and football and hell, basketball as well. Well, ba basketball actually does it. The NBA actually does it where it's okay. One through, I mean, you, you stack them based on, on, on record. Uh, I mean, not so much about the conference championships like you're talking about, man. Right. Yeah, dude, if you went to that, I, man, I think if you went to that, that'd be a game changer, man. I, I'm just glad. I'm just glad with baseball that we have expanded playoffs because, you know, as excited that we get that we get into playoff baseball and going to the World Series in October and all that. It's just like once we, you get into the NFL playoffs, for me, that's what I love the excitement. But at the same time, when we get to that point, I'm thinking, well, shit, it's almost over. It's almost over, but expanded playoffs I like. And the great thing about it is when you have when you have a situation like this, Expanded playoffs are a fascinating thing because there are so many players in this right now. No, I'm with you, man. Uh, but for me, it's also the best time of the year because we start getting into soccer. We start getting into hockey. And it's, uh, you know, people talk about Christmas or December being like everybody's Christmas and everything. Nah, man. Uh, November and October time frame is actually my Christmas. It's the best time of year. Um, NASCAR playoffs, brother. NASCAR. Look at you. I knew you were going to slip it in there. <laughs> I knew you were going to slip it in there, amigo. Uh, you want to start talking about our Longhorns, man? Yeah, dude. Let, let's dive into that. Uh, I I was I I heard that uh, I heard BK this morning. He and Bucky eight to ten right here on uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered. They they played a cut uh, talking to our man Alex Taylor yesterday, where where he was talking about the run game. Um, and and I've been thinking about that. I, I mean, how important is that going to be? If you're Texas, are you just going to come out and you're going to try to smash this thing down their throat because that that's what they do well. That's what they do. Or the defense, Wyoming's defense, they contain the run. That's what we asked yesterday. Um, dude, I think you come out, boom, hit them right in the mouth and try to stuff it down their throat. So this is a team that returns 10 starters to their defensive unit, and they know how to uh, defend very well against up-tempo. So, or, they, or at least they have seen high up-tempo teams the past two weeks. Texas Tech runs a high tempo, and so does Portland State. Hell, Portland State runs a two-minute offense almost the entire game. So for me, um, give them a change of pace, right? You're mm -hmm. Texas. You're the Longhorns. You're, I, I don't want you to buy too much into being a top-five AP team, but that. go out there and establish dominance like you talked about. Be a fucking alpha, all right? Go out there and, you know, punch them in the face and wait for them to punch back because – they're they're gonna hit you in the mouth, man. 
You can absorb it, and then guess what, man? Absorb the best shot and be like, guess what, homeboy? That ain't happening, man. And it hit him right back. Throw a couple of elbows because short elbows wins fights. You go yeah. in there, and then you establish dominance with the run, and then they don't know what hit him, right? You keep him a little bit off balance, and then you go to your aerial attack, where I think we have the... I think we have an advantage across the board. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to lie. Like, do I think it's a, a, a four-touchdown advantage? Probably not. It's probably like it, it's probably closer to three touchdowns. It's probably more of a twenty-one and a half ball game instead of a twenty-eight and a half spread. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would love to see Dom. I would love for the Longhorns to go out there and just take care of business, man. You are the bigger team. If they come out in, you know, regardless of a four-man front or or a, a three-man front, you know, play your whole play your gaps. You know, sit there and pound it down the throat. Use your three-headed hydra of the of the backfield that you have. And then once they're all broken up and, and busted down, then establish, you know, vertical dominance. You know, hit your wide receivers out there. Get JT Sanders get JT Sanders involved. I actually think JT Sanders is going to be involved very early. I think he's going to be yeah. I, I think he is now one of Quinn's dynamic and dynamic receivers and focal points in that wide receiver room. I, I, he, he, God, I don't I hate comparing collegiate athletes to pros, but he might be Quinn's Patrick, or he might be Quinn's Travis Kelsey. Like, he really might be, man. He's so dominant of a tight end right now. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't see him go up against the caliber of an opponent like uh, Alabama in week Mm -hmm. two. You know what I mean? And the defense had their stuff together. It's just the offense is clicking, and so are Quinn and JT Sanders. So I think that's going to happen a lot. I'd be surprised if it happens in the early parts of the game. So far, the past two weeks, Sark has had a script of high tempo, high potent offense going through air or arsenal aerial attacks, right? To mm-hmm. me, I think it does, you know, you come out, you switch pace and you dominate and you shove it right up the middle, right up, right down their throats, right up the middle, man. And, uh, and then have them have your big boys leaning on them and then they'll be just exactly, exactly tired like you thought it was going to happen and then exhausted and go forth and, and get the victory, man. Yeah. Well, you know, we got great insight yesterday about this Wyoming club and that, and that really was great stuff. Um, but I found a quote from uh, an opposing, you know, Mountain West coach uh, d- during preseason, d- just kind of just kind of talking about Wyoming and Wyoming. Um, number one, it said that the biggest uh, challenger to Boise State, which Boise State's 0-2, uh, Wyoming's two and zero, so so that point has been proven. But he said the identity, the identity there is consistent and solid. They're physically dominant, and they can grind you. And and I think that's something that they're coming to Austin fully intending to do. And I think that, like you're talking about right there, let's establish let's establish that run game, and then and then do the other things. But with JT Sanders to to piggyback off of what you're talking about right there in these in these great offenses that we see right now whether it be in the nfl or, or in college football you you have that outlet which is the tight end and we talked about the progression and the uh, reformation of what a tight end is in a football offense these days and jt sanders fits that mold 155 fucking percent and he's right there i mean that that that's what takes the, the, that safety outlet for for Quinn Ewers, like you're talking about, that's what JT Sanders is, and that can make him really do some spectacular things. And hell, we've already watched it. We've watched it for the last couple of years, but I think it's going to be even more evident this season. Yeah, and and look, the the thing is, is that with a with the opposition having a coach like Bowles as well, 
you heard what Bowles said in his comments earlier about Texas. This is the best Texas team that he's seen, right? So you got to think that he's planning, he's got a plan of attack to try and counter a JT Sanders, right? Like, but then, and, and, and I thought about this too. Like, when you're planning for Texas's attack, how do you not, how do you not account for our, or, it's impossible, rather, is is the best way to, to say this. It's impossible to account for all of their weapons. I go down their, their list in their wide receiver room, and it's worthy. That stretches you vertically. And so then many. you've got J.T. Sanders that we were just talking about that can just eat you up in between the hash marks and get you all that yak. And then you've got uh, A.D. Mitchell on the other side that can get you just dominant possession uh, receptions and move the move the chains that way and get fresh sets of down. And then, oh, by the way, if you don't, if you, if you try and and actually guard all of them, you got Win, you got Jordan Winnington, and it's impossible. If you were Quinn Ewers, you your biggest problem is which toy are you going to play with? Yeah, well, and this is where I go back to. How do you plan for that? How do you plan zone zone? Yeah, and if and and to that point. Zone, you establish the running game. See ya. <laughs> Boom. I mean, that, that's the beauty of that. That's what I've been shouting, uh, you know, from the rooftops. You know, it's like, man, establish that running game and vice versa. I mean, if you come out and you establish a run game, oh, okay, that, then everybody's going to crash in. Then with all of yeah. those weapons, oh my God, dude, you, th- this is playground football for these guys. I mean, it, it, if it's schemed the right way, I mean, just think about this, dude. Um, there are so, like you said, there are so many weapons on this club, man. This is a dangerous football team if you push, if you coach them and scheme and game plan in the right direction. And I do. I think I think it will be like we talked about it. We we talked about how Sark came out in the past two weeks. He's he's had the arsenal attack, the aerial assault. I'm trying to pull up the numbers here right now of how much uh, actual yardage. It's been through the air in terms of oh hell I had the differential that. between rushing as well. I'm going. I'm trying that. to get the team stats here. Boom! Here okay. we go. Uh, team stats. That. So so far, right now, um, the Longhorns only have 263 yards on the ground, <laughs> right? And then through the air, I mean, shit, they're they're crushing it here. I'm trying to find the actual. The cloudiness, my goodness. So six six hundred and fifty yards through the air to their two hundred and fifty yard two hundred and sixty three yards on the ground. So a lot of that has been like we talked about high tempo in the first couple of you know the first couple of drives, the first couple of series, and it's scripted, right? I'm I'm gonna tell you, man. We talked about establishing the run and, and making dominance. Don't be surprised if Sark does have that scripted playbook of nothing but runs. Or not, I won't say nothing but runs, but the throw will. I'm thinking that the throw will be set up off the run and predicated off the run going forward into this week three instead of how it was in weeks one and two. That's just how, li- that, that's my take. He likes to throw on first down. <laughs> I mean, that's his, goes that's, without saying that that he likes to throw on first but down. But when do you break trend or when do you break tendency? Like, do you have to break tendency though? That's the thing, and and maybe. Don't want to. I'm not trying to use Wyoming as like a glorified practice. By God, no. I no, mean, hell no. You, know, uh-huh. you don't overlook your opponent, but I mean, maybe this is the time that you take some things and you work on. You know, you try and work on in game time. Uh, you know, in uh, in actual game time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like 
sometimes that you put on the practice field, some some plays that you try to put together on the practice field doesn't really happen because you got people on the other uh, on the other side of the ball trying to be gamers and they know the actual plays, right? Well, now you actually get some real game time flow, and you put these you know you put these plays into you know into fruition or in the in the in the action here, and you see how it turns out. I'm not trying to say open your playbook to like a you know a halfback pass or something like that, mm-hmm. but yeah, go to your rushing attack, go to your ground game. You didn't really establish it against Rice until the second half. Let's yeah. see if you can establish it in the first half. Yeah. Let's lead, let's let's be tech, let's be the hog mollies, man. Let's be the alphas, like I like I always say, man. Go out there and get it. And this is why I say with with establishing the run game against Wyoming, that, that's why I keep bringing that up because the you, you know like Alex Taylor talked about yesterday, and and you heard the cut earlier, like like we mentioned, this is what they do well. They stop the run, and it, yes, I know it's Wyoming. I know that, it, but. They Wyoming also, is is a pretty damn good football team when you really look at this. They, they stopped the run well, Rodney, but they also played two schools that don't really run the ball. They throw exactly. the ball exactly. But the, kind of going back to that right there, go out if if they are really that good at stopping the run, go establish the run, go establish the run, That's and, and yeah, and 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 make that because I really think, man, if you can, and again, I'm not a football coach. You know, I always wanted to be one, but damn it, man, I think that if you can, and you know, this is going to be another situation to where I know you're going to have a rotating cast of characters running the football, but man, I'm sorry, that's not a bad problem to have, dude. No, that I get that. Who do you think? Problem. Who do you think will see the most totes out of the backfield, or who would you like to see get the ball the most out of that backfield for the Longhorns? Man, I, I don't know. Do, do we know injury status? I haven't. I haven't seen that yet. Do we know? I don't know. As far as I know, Baxter's good to go, and so is, you know, and so is Blue. So okay. I mean, I think this is a CJ Baxter game. I mean, if this dude, if this dude is is good to go, start with him. And and like I said, roll the hot hand, man. Whoever, whoever, whoever is toting the rock, and whoever is is your uh, bell cow at the time, go with them until they can't go anymore. And I think that's the beauty of this is where you can really showcase. All of these guys should get playing time because I think you can you can have a hot hand in the first half and then you go the, the different direction. And and I think this is where you really showcase your running back talent in a, in a contest like that. If you can establish a run, which you should, which you should. I think they absolutely will. All right, let's get into a little bit of tonight's matchup with uh, the Vikings and Eagles here. Um, we'll talk a little bit more Longhorn uh, football tomorrow as we get into our our preseason show when you guys get out there at Covert, Rodney. And yeah, you let me about dive that? into that. I want to talk about those great folks out there. Casey Studdard will be out there uh, Friday to uh, meet and greet uh, with all of you great folks. Uh, the Minister of Meat to go up there and say, hello, Minister of Meat. Uh, good, good to hear stories from Casey, man. And, and uh, you know, I, I would love to hear... Casey's thoughts on this offensive line domination that we saw against Alabama. The night and day difference that we saw between Rice and Alabama, I'd love to hear uh, from him. Covert BK, three state-of-the-art dealerships uh, carrying seven different brands of those great OEMs. I always say that OEM. I'm a racing guy, man. Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And of course, if you want the uh, the blue oval Ford or the Chevrolet bow tie that we like to call it in the racing circles, you've got that in Hutto, Pleasant Drive down uh, down Highway 79. 
going out to Hutto and uh, see the fine folks there. Ford and Lincoln, you've got that in Austin as well. Covert Bee Caves, they service all makes and models of your vehicles. Don't do that stuff yourself. Let the professionals do it. They've got plenty of service bays. They will get you taken care of. And the thing is, you go to covertbeecave.com and check out the latest specials that are weekly. That are weekly. It's not holiday specials. It's not any of that. These folks, I mean, the Covert's been doing it since 1909, the Covert's have. It is a staple in the Austin area. When you think about, when, when, when folks talk about, oh, you know, some of the, some of the old Austin and the nostalgia that's gone away, you talk about bars and you talk about music venues and you talk about all these different things that have gone away. What has not gone away is the Covert family of dealerships. 1909, still going strong. They are everywhere. You're not going to beat a Covert deal now, not ever. Covert, be cave. Go see him. How about that? I love that little sign-off you do there. Not like now, that. not ever. That's right. Pretty professional there, Rodney Rodriguez, I might hey, say. I might say. Wag, hey, I, I, man. Wag, I, I wanted to ask tonight. you, but before we dive into the game tonight, so did you see what I, – I know the media in New York is, is just out of control – did you see that one of those talk show hosts in, in, in the New York area went on and said that uh, the coach of your club of the oh, uh, God. went out and had a huge party, huge party the night before the 40 to nothing lost to the Dallas Cowboys, just huge blowout party. And then he's having to go back and, and, and apologize because the party was for the, the six year old kid. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I saw that. I, what is that? Do your due diligence, man. That's what I got to say. Look, right? Go out and look into it, man. Don't just be spitting shit out unless you have it confirmed. Jeez, man. It's, um, and that's another thing, too, man. Just stick the ball. You know what I mean? If you're reporting on ball, stick the ball. You know? Yeah. yeah. If you want to be a shock jock, go do FM right. radio or do something right. like that. I mean, <laughs> just, just stick to what you're supposed to be. I think the guy actually does FM radio, but uh, come on, man. This ain't TMZ. Uh, I mean, no, know it before you start spouting shit out. Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. All right. In Philadelphia, we will have the week two of our beloved NFL football kicking off. Um, are we are we Byron's on Kirk Cousins? Are, are, is the verdict still out on Kirk Cousins? Or uh, I will, do we know the tale? I will tell you this, Wags. This is a primetime game. What does he tend to do in primetime? Show his ass. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I, I think I compare him to Dak Prescott in a lot of different ways, man, as much as, as, much as I hate to. Oof. But this, Oof. I mean, here's... Here's his opportunity. I mean, Philadelphia's got some 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 guys hurt. I mean, Philadelphia probably should, should have lost to New England last week, but they didn't. They found a way to win. But I don't know. You know, Kirk Cousins, man, it's one. You know, I think Kirk Cousins, part of his problem has been, Adam, that he is, dude, he is hard on himself. And, and that's great. I mean, that, that's a good problem to have. I mean, I'm my own worst critic. But the the, the guy has been pretty damn tough yeah. on himself. But And, and. I don't know, dude. He just seems to shit the bed in the worst situations. And here we go. Uh, well, going into on, week two, on prime. Going into week two, he's got uh, he's got some pretty decent stuff to build off of. There, of course, Justin Jefferson, you know, being uh, the recipient of a lot of this work. 344 yards last week with two touchdowns and one interception. He takes that going into tonight's matchup against the opposition there with just or uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts rather. Uh, 22 for 33 with only 170 through the yards. Very efficient offense, though. Um, 
Although they did struggle, but one touchdown for Mr. Hertz as well there. Of course, the story of it are going to be the wide receivers of this this battle. Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown here, man. Apparently, A.J. Brown is just so much better when people are around him. I heard that breakdown in, in, you know, analyst. Uh, I heard that. Uh, I heard that an analyst a little a little while ago like Bucky. talk about that. Like Bucky. That's what well, Bucky said yesterday. I, I hear the different dialect that you know Bucky and BK do with stadium and all that, and, and it got me thinking. Maybe I'm just pronouncing analysts wrong. You know these these NFL analysts. You know the joke's too old now, man. It's a uh, it's too much of a dad joke. But yeah, AJ Brown to me is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and apparently man he's just a lot better with uh with a, a crowded room so to speak with a lot of people around him and making the you know making the the catch actually tougher so we'll see how that that bodes for him i think he's going to have a breakout and a blowout game so far tonight didn't really have much in terms of fantasy aspects last week uh, because he didn't get to pay dirt there, but he still had seven receptions for 79 yards. Takes that going into tonight's battle. But Justin Jefferson, the tail of the tape, who also did not get into uh, the end zone last week either, but comes off of a nine reception in a 150-yard performance there. Going to be a big night for him. The question, though, that everybody is wondering is when will uh, Alexander Madison actually show up and be the running back that he was in spell of Dalvin Cook last year in the past couple of seasons for the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings? Highly touted running back there was going in about the third to fourth round uh, for running backs um, in your fantasy leagues, re- depending on what type of uh, format that you had and what type of uh, point structure and scoring structure that you had. But Madison was supposed to be able to come in here and and fill the shoes and, and carry the load uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, who were kind of struggling a little bit uh, to find that that succession or uh, I guess the the second wide receiver uh, mm-hmm. for Thielen as he you know exited stage right to Carolina. Yeah, well, and yeah, that that there it is right there. I mean, the st- the stage is his. I mean, when when do you do it? Dalvin Cook is gone. He's in New York. Um, th- this is the time. Uh, I mean, to show up and show out, as they like to say. And and yes, I mean, I know we're only into week two, but I mean, here's your here's your national audience, and and I think for Minnesota, just don't turn the ball over. I mean, don't don't help Philadelphia. I think that's something that's going to be extremely huge tonight. Is I mean, you can't you can't give them opportunity them as in fact. Right. Talk like a cowboy fan. You no, can't from, give you're them opportunity. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, I think you know. Obviously, you're going to go up against a high potent offense with Philadelphia Eagles. So you're. I think that if you're Kirk Cousins, you're probably going to have to attack and. Uh-huh. That looks good for you with Bradbury out. Bradbury's probably not, or, or as a matter of fact, he's listed as out for Philadelphia, man. So, and he and Blankenship are both out. Yep. Yeah. And, and with Fletcher Cox also kind of questionable, man, that allows me to kind of start planning for an aerial attack and start to get Justin Jefferson in this game. Je- Jefferson lines up in the slot, anyways. Uh, so he'll probably, you know, maybe get a nickel on him or, or, or a safety on him as well, or that extra, that extra corner out there. But it's going to be a lot of added pressure to that defensive back room for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I might actually take the flyer here and go with WTF wrong team favored and take the Vikings here, Rodney. What do you think about that? I, I actually thought that. crazy. Uh, no, I don't think you're crazy at all because the whole thing, I mean, that, that secondary for. You're giving for me Philadelphia, six. You're giving me six going into yeah. the game. 
Yeah, they're, they're thinned out anyway. And, I mean, these are some huge losses. And, and then on the offense, I mean, you had 14 carries for, for, for uh, Gainwell last week. He's out. So uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Swift. You, yeah, you know, Swift's going to step in and get a lot of the, yeah. the work. You'll probably see a lot more, uh, a lot more runs based mm-hmm. off of you know throws. But I, I still think that that AJ Brown's going to have a tremendous night tonight. And also, you got to think, you got to remember about Smith too on the other side of there. So Philadelphia's got some some wide receivers that can cook and get it smoking here. Um, but but then so does the Vikings. And if you're looking at the over-under here, 49, that's kind of low, man. That's that's right at that cusp where you take the you take the over almost every time because if it's 47, you start to think, all right, it's probably going to be a low game, a low-scoring mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's when I, I tend to stay to the lower side of that, right? But if I see 49, anywhere between 49 to 51, that's where I'm like, all right, I'm taking my over. Yeah. That's yeah. for me. That's the tell of the tape there, but that that is low. I mean, that does seem low to me because I I really envision this can turn into a shootout. I mean, this can turn into a track meet right here. I think with 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 these two or hell. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, you just don't know. And it's this this really is. You asked about Kirk Cousins right there. He, he here's the here's the bottom line right here. I mean, if this dude if this dude can do um, what he should do. But but we have this conversation all the time to where it's one of these contests to where it's like the spotlight is on him and they just can't seem to they just can't seem to get over the get over the hump. And I think a lot of that is in his head. Um, I I have seen in different locations, different media outlets to where I was talking about right there about him being so so hard on himself and his self-confidence being so bad where he's gone and tried to work on that. I don't know if they've actually gone in. I know with Dak Prescott, I heard Jane Slater talking about yesterday to where they've tried to make his life a little bit easier to where his pre-snap reads, they've they've started to limit that. And and it's not necessary for him to try to overthink these things. Maybe that's what's happening with Kirk Cousins um, because, because he needs something to make his life easier because it's, it's like, damn, he's got cold, he, he's got cold cash. Yeah. He can cash those. He can cash that cold cash in. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got a really good matchup going against the secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles, amigo. I mean, it, it both well so for there. They're 29th in the league. Of course, we're only in the, you know, one week, man, but they're 29th in the league at allowing yardage through the air mm-hmm. with 306. And they're also 31st in the league at allowing points to quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins needs to take advantage of that and go aggressive here and attack it tonight, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I'm calling it, man. You're giving me, you're giving me six on the line from Caesar Sportsbook here. That's that's the number that I'm seeing from provided by Caesar Sportsbook. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles to lay the load down and just give it. They're not going to give an egg, obviously here, but it's wrong team favored. You're going to give me those points, Philly. I'm taking it right now because I got Minnesota winning tonight. Yeah, I, I like that pick, dude. I really like that pick, and and why I'm optimistic that this could uh, t- turn into some sort of uh, offensive explosion. I mean, the weather's going to be nice, 78 degrees. I mean, that's this is a dome team right here. You know, you get your Minnesota, your Minnesota, you know, track running team, but 78 degrees, supposed to be clear, no rain, none of that, other than the uh, rabid Philadelphia fans throwing shit at you out on the field. You, you know, otherwise conditions are great. <laughs> so, so I think uh, that that's really yeah, that, this has the makings of something pretty good. We need some damn good Thursday night games. You know, last last week was was good, uh, I guess, unless you're a Chiefs fan. But yeah, I, I love the pick right there, dude. Because uh, to me, that's um, when I saw that line, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, really? 
<laughs> uh, no, I like that dude. Great pick. Yeah, you talk about you talk about the balance. Of, you talk about the balance of attack and keeping them uh, off balance here and establishing a run. That's you know, damn good chance that you'll see a lot of Swift tonight. You mentioned that Gainwell is going to be out. A, a lot of people were big on Sanders. This could be the role that Sanders had uh, a couple of years ago for Swift here mm-hmm. going into it. If if you're looking for in terms of defense here from the Minnesota Vikings, this is a team that can get got on the ground here. Uh, look for Minnesota to kind of bend a little bit on the ground. A lot of the run, a lot of the rushing yards watch though will probably come from Jalen Hurts. Expect a huge night from Jalen Hurts here. He's about to explode. Only getting 170 yards last week here going up against the Minnesota Vikings. I like Hurts to have a big night tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And that's of course that's most too- of the money though is on everybody. A lot of the you know a lot of the country's taking Philadelphia here. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and 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 it's going to be. I mean, that atmosphere. We talked about the Texas Alabama atmosphere. I mean, here's here's Philadelphia coming home. Um, you know, after you know, huge, you know, great season last year for them. So it, it's that's that other part right there. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is solely on the quarterbacks. This is going to be a good quarterback battle. I mean, it seems like you know you look at you look at what Jalen Hurts does. Obviously, the mobility, like you're talking about, Wags. That, that's a whole factor right there that Kirk Cousins doesn't quite possess. But it's um, this is going to be pretty cool to watch. And 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 I think I mean, if you're Minnesota, you're Minnesota. You need to bounce back. I, I mean, you, man. I mean, I don't think Minnesota's a team. I, I don't think Minnesota's as good as everybody thought they were. I thought they were a watered down team last year. They kind of you know hobbled into the playoffs there and then got beat by a really bad Giants team. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, and then there's, and then there's their schedule got stronger. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think Minnesota is going to have a dominant season that everybody thinks they are. I just think they have a really good matchup tonight going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Well, and then looking, you know, I know we broke down, we broke down all the divisions last week before, you know, before opening Sunday or opening Thursday and opening Sunday. But I mean, Green Bay comes out. I mean, what, so what you, I know we've, we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. That's been a focus of a lot of that, him being gone and, and hurt and, and whatever. Uh, Jordan Love there, uh, with the Packers. Um, not a bad little outing, you know, for a guy that, that folks have said, you know, Katie bar the door. This is the end of the organization right here with this dude coming in and taking over for a legend. Maybe, uh, hey, not bad, dude. Not a damn bad start. No, I thought he, I mean, what do you have, uh, well, he had three touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Didn't he? Hold on, yeah. let me pull up his stats here. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah three touchdowns, um, 245 yards. I thought he looked pretty damn good going up, um, you know, in, in his first outing of his mm-hmm. NFL career here. Uh, again, it's Chicago. I mean, how good is Chicago's defense? We'll see how that pays. After week six, we'll, we'll really get a, a feel for how yeah. good Chicago's defense is here. Um, his matchup this week going up against Atlanta, I can't. I'm actually dying to see how Arthur Smith is going to attack Green Bay here and how he's going to use Bajan Robinson. Um, We'll we'll see about that. Like, for some reason, Bajan Robinson still got five more carries, or excuse me, he was still on the field uh, for five more snaps than Algier was, but but Algier actually had five more carries than Bajan Robinson did. And also took away two of those touchdown totes from John Robinson as well. I don't know what his reasoning for that was. If he's trying to save the legs of John Robinson, you know, to go into the latter part of the season. Why? But dude, you got you got a 
you got a person that can make four people miss within the confines of, of five feet. Um, that's a special ball player. I think that you got to have that in your backfield, regardless of what down it is or distance, and, and and just be able to rely on the rookie that somehow is over 220 pounds and is able to move like that, Rodney. Yeah. So to yeah, me, you know. I think you you have to lean on that. Um, you'll see a good pound, a, a, a good attack from Atlanta moving into Green Bay uh, with Bajan Robinson. You'll probably see a, a decent di- distribution between the backfield there again between Algier and Bajan Robinson, honestly, until I don't know, I, I, and, and maybe maybe week you know four or five until you start to see like one actually get solidified as the running back in that backfield. But we'll see how Arthur Smith treats it. Well, and the, and the thing about it is, you know, a, a lot of this is you get down to situational football, and be, dude, right here, <laughs> everybody um, in this channel has um tent, has uh, pants for Bajan there, okay? Has a tent in his pants for Bajan Robinson there, Mister Zidic. But but kind of your to your point, Wags. Uh, everybody in this channel does. Bijan Robinson is a when you talk about situational football, he's a dude that is good in almost every damn situation, and I think it it, it this is where you get him out. And I mean, put him on the field. I mean, put him on the field. I mean, that's, let this, that's what, let what I'm arguing be, for. Yeah. yeah. What what the hell did you get him for? <laughs> why why do you why do you take that that? early draft pick and, and, and make that, let this dude be your franchise. Let this dude excite your fucking fan base, man. Let, let him get out there. Yeah. Let him, let him get out there and make the plays that he, that, that that held the, 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 the touchdown. I mean, dude, that that's highlight material right there. And yes, uh, yes, I think everybody does have a tint in their pants for Bijan on this. Uh, everybody in this channel definitely yeah. does. Everybody but, in this channel definitely does for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, um, I, I don't know, dude. Uh, we we can dig into that, you know, more on on Friday tomorrow. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll break down the rest of the uh, the NFL. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good baseball on tonight. Of course, I'll be watching Thursday night football. I'll be watching the uh, you know the game between the Vikings and um, the Eagles here. But I'm mm-hmm. also going to be watching you know the Rays and the Orioles. And how I do that is with all you going to do it, brother. How are you going to? I, I do it with all the visual consultations, man. You see the two TVs right there in the back. I do. I'll, I'll be watching both games there because of audiovisual consultations. Over 35 years, since 1988, they've been setting the standard in audiovisual automation. Um, if you don't have an idea of what you want in your house, if you know you want something kind of similar to this, but just don't know the spatial settings of your house, get the boys in there. Get a consultation, a free consultation. They'll come in there and then, uh, or they'll they'll take a look at it and they, you know, they'll make sure that it's at the best, uh, the you know, the best settings for. Uh, for your view, for your viewing, for your room. And then downstairs, uh, you can get a dream theater like I do. You know what I mean? That way, in, in, you know, you can separate your sports, uh, from your movies. And it's the way. Or if you like golf and you don't want to get out or you can't get out to the golf course because it's just so scorching hot and the grass is kind of just eaten up and fried like my backyard is, give Tom McKay a call. Audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. The smart guys that never make you feel dumb, amigo. The smart guys that never make you feel dumb. Yeah, man, I'll be watching a lot of the Orioles and Rays tonight, dude. Big game. Big game. Head-to-head action going on here, my, my man. Head-to-head, baby. Um, again, once uh, once the Orioles become victorious and get the series win out of these Rays, I think that's when we start to go into cruise control here getting it set for uh for postseason baseball baby again oh, no. the rangers though they got their hands full as well man we talked about it toronto no slouch dude we'll see how no, that man. happens and how that pans out if you can get the brooms if you can get oh, the brooms no, baby 
You know, Wags, I, I was gonna, I was going to mention this to you yesterday when you were talking about Tom McKay right there. When you talk about the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid or dumb or what, whichever. I don't what, think what, it's a free consultation, by the way. I think no, I'm no, no, no. But the uh, the the best the best example of that was the text exchange between you and I on Sunday, where I was trying to figure out how to wire up a TV. Because I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And you're like, here's here's what I do. And I'm like, I never thought of that. <laughs> and, and it's that fast, dude. It's well, that dude, fast. but that's just it. Like, I never thought about it until I got on the crew with Tom. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, that's how I'm, not the brightest, I'm not the brightest dude in the world, man. But, you know, you just get around those guys for a couple of minutes and you start to pick up on a lot of things there. I was very fortunate to be around him for about six months, man. So, Dude, friends, seriously, I, I sat and, and tried to figure out something with an audiovisual need that I was trying to solve on Sunday. And I sat there for two hours and couldn't figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. And finally, I'm like, I text Wags and it's like a it's like a four word answer. And I'm like, God damn. I burned two hours trying to figure shit out. And that's this Tom coming like, out of me, man. Here's what you do. That's Tom coming out of me, dude. It's that dude's a, that. By the way, that dude's a genius. Another genius is my guy, Mike Harge. You got hanging with Harge coming up right now. We got Hardball Harge coming in. Uh, welcome to the show, man. It is Chaos Theory, my man. How what what you got lined up there for hanging with Harge? Man, first off, uh, I agree with you, Rodney, about trying to figure out some of these TVs. Sometimes it just kind of drives you nuts. Yes. Uh, Wags, is, Wags doesn't live too far from me, so he will be getting calls from time to time <laughs> to get over here and help a brother out. But, yeah, man, there's a lot to get into. As we all know, this is a big weekend. But also football starts tonight, Major League Baseball. And I tweeted this out a little while ago. Should snitches get stitches and i want y'all to pay attention to what i'm gonna talk about a little bit later because you know as well as i do there's a lot of codes out there in the man world in the man world oh yeah and probably even in the ladies world too but there's probably one more in the ladies world. always seems to get himself in the middle of crap and now he thought it was gonna get wiped away but it's not getting wiped away. It's right in the forefront. I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, man, I got a T. I just went from yep. mid. Ooh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yeah, it's, it's raw. I just went from <laughs> 6 to midnight, dog. I just went to 6 to midnight, hey, man. Hey, like, it won't be about Bijan, though. It so, won't be about Bijan. Right. <laughs> how great, how great is that? A lot, of people, a lot of people tune into their TV or whatever at 11 o'clock for the young and the restless. But 11 o'clock, <laughs> you got to turn in to hanging with Harge for the there dirt. There you go. There you go. And I was one of those people that watch Young and the Restless yes. during my baseball yeah. days. Sure. I, I love Lauren. I love uh, Sharon. I love God, all of them. And I want to be Victor Newman. I want to yeah. be Victor Newman. I think everybody wanted to be Victor Newman. It was either Victor Newman or Victor Kuriakis. Don't forget or about Jack him. Abbott. <laughs> love it all, man. Love it all. All right, we got to get out of here, man. You guys heard it. There's a great tease from Harge. I can't wait to watch and see what the hell is going down and he's going to talk about. I'm telling you, man, I'm I got one going right now. <laughs> here we go, man. You guys know the drill, man. You're Level true, up, brother. get the dub, and enjoy the ride. I'm out of here, man. For uh, everybody else that watches Chaos Theory, love y'all, man.